uh, once you're done. You don't have to run and get them right away, but within a couple minutes. How are you guys? You guys are good? You need more coffee, more water? The chairs are comfy, the heat is working well. Uh, everyone's gonna be falling asleep soon, so if you need more coffee, we have lots of coffee outside. Too comfortable, too comfortable. Uh, this morning, we are finishing up the series, Amazing Grace. It's, it's an amazing story, it's an amazing grace, and it's a story on the gospel. Um, as I was preparing this, in the beginning of my Christian life, Christian walk, so to speak, people would say a lot, it's, it's a story of the gospel. But I didn't quite feel like, what is the gospel? You know, people say the gospel, what is the gospel? So the gospel, what is it? it? The gospel is the good news. That's what it means. It's a story of the good news. And, and when today, you know, for the, for the series, for this week and the past two weeks, we talked about the gospel, about the good news, what, what is the good news, and why do we need the good news, which is, which is what, what the gospel is. And I, before I get started, I want to start with the first line from the song, Amazing Grace. I think we all are very familiar with this song. It's Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That is an amazing line. But hopefully in a few minutes, once we go through about the amazing grace of who God is and where we were in our situation, how we were lost, but now we're found. How we were blind to the surroundings around us, but now we're able to see because of God, of his amazing grace. And, and hopefully this line will resonate with all of us. Um, so, we'll come back to this line in a few minutes. So briefly, as I said earlier, the gospel means the good news, right? It should be more accurately said as the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not a good news of me, or it's not a good news of you, for you. It's a good news of Jesus Christ. And in order to understand what is a good news, we need to start with the bad news, right? Because if there's nothing to compare it to, we wouldn't know that it's the good news. Two weeks ago, I talked briefly about the bad news in terms of what happened in the beginning of time, according to the Bible. We established that the beginning, according to the Bible, is, is more logical, and it takes less faith to believe in than the beginning, according to science. According to the Bible, mankind was separated from God due to disobedience. Uh, this one act of disobedience caused all people to be born from the line of Adam, to inherit this DNA, the DNA of sin. The DNA of sin that caused all of us to be separated from God. That was the beginning of the bad news. Sorry, this is shaking. So anyway, um, ignore what I'm saying. So the, the the, the way for men, and, and that's, that's what happened in the beginning. That's what happened with the bad news is this one act of disobedience. And the way for mankind to fix this DNA of sin is through the Old Testament law. God has given us the law to, to let us know, hey, you disobey me, the cost was death. So this is how you can try to come back through the Old Testament law. And people needed to comply with all of the Old Testament law to perfection. All the time, not just for one day or for one week, but all the Old Testament law to perfection all the time. This was 
and is, throughout the history of time, as we can see, it's impossible. Impossible, as no one can live a perfect life, obey all the, perfect, all the Old Testament law to perfection, both in letter and in spirit. And that's, we, we, we've seen that God has given us that opportunity because we as people always try to fix our own problems. You know, maybe speaking as a guy, I always try to fix problems. And he's letting us know a little taste of it. You want to try to fix it yourself? Here you go. And through thousands of years, it's been proven that we cannot do it ourselves. That is the bad news. That's why it's called the bad news. I probably would call it the absolutely, hands down, worst news in the history of mankind. Because bad news doesn't give it justice in terms of what we're missing out. So I, I, I want to, I was, as I was going through this, I was trying to find an illustration that will help all of us understand and maybe help us explain it to other people. An illustration to explain how impossible it is for people to satisfy the Old Testament law to perfection and doing it all the time. It is like myself and Usain Bolt doing the 100 meter race. You guys know Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt is the current world record holder in the 100 meter race. 9.58 seconds. That's his, he, 9.58 seconds. So an illustration that I was trying to use, and this is me. You know, I'm really fast. I know you guys think I'm really fast. But it was me against Usain Bolt. And the winner gets to live, and the loser dies. That's an illustration. So, using an example of myself, I can train every single day of my life to run faster. I would never get a ch have a chance to beat Usain Bolt. I would never, ever beat him. I would get zero chance. If there's less than zero, I would get less than zero percent chance of racing. Or I can just sit and do nothing. I would still have the same percentage chance of winning. Zero chance. So that's what it is. And even if any one of you guys race for me, which I know some of you are faster than me, you will still get the same percentage in terms of winning that race. So that illustration of me representing mankind and racing against Usain Bolt, I'm not saying that he's a devil, but that's what I'm trying to, to illustrate, like the, 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 how impossible it is for us to fix our problem, for us to fix this bad news. And the prize at the end of the race, the prize is life. And knowing that you can never win, that's how bad it is. There's nothing you can do. You can do everything you can within your power or do nothing you will still have the same chance of winning. That's why it is absolutely the hands-down worst news ever. The worst news ever applies that to all of us, you know, all those who have ever lived. I know we t talk about this all the time. Everyone, no matter how fast you are, it's still the same. Fast, slow, tall, short, big, small, beautiful, ugly, extrovert, introvert, what have you. Slow, creative, boring people, it's all the same. All the same. Like I said earlier, none of us in this room will have a chance of winning. It sounds depressing, doesn't it? It is depressing because that's the worst news ever, not just bad news. Knowing that we have zero chance of winning. We have zero chance of winning back that life that was given to us. Winning back the, the, the life that was meant for us. The life of being with our God. Being one with our Father. 
we have zero chance of doing it on our own to win that life back. And that life was lost, as we said two weeks ago, and we said earlier, it's due to just one act of disobedience. That's incredible. One act of disobedience brought death to all of us, every single one of us, brought death to all generations that came after. The life that we were meant to have, that we're supposed to have, to live forever with God, firstly, but also to live forever with those that we love. Do you know that there are those that we may be close to, like our grandparents, our parents, our kids, or our best friends, or our husbands and wives, or our grandkids. We were meant to live with those people forever, like ever and ever. But because of that one act of disobedience, we only get a small, small number of years. We may think that 50 years is a long time, but in a blink, it's only a blink of an eye when you're talking about eternity, forever, forever and ever. That's what we were meant to have, eternal life with those that we love. It was meant for us, and we lost it. So that is a quick illustration of the bad news. I originally only wanted to spend like one or two minutes on the bad news, but I just felt I couldn't do it justice of the magnitude of this bad news. When people say bad news, it's more like, oh, it's bad news, I forgot my keys at home. Oh, it's bad news, I locked my key in the car. No, no. This is the worst, 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 worst news ever. I know it's not correct way of saying it, but I just want to stress how bad it is. So that was the bad news. Now the good news. The good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Using the same illustration of the 100-meter race between myself and Usain Bolt, just as we're about to begin the race, the Son of God comes along and asks me if I wanted him to take my spot. Ask me, let me take your spot. He volunteers to take my spot and race in my place. And you know what's going to happen when the Son of God is racing against Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt will get zero chance of winning. It's reverse. He would get zero chance. No matter how much he trained, he would get 0% chance of winning. And the Son of God is volunteering to take my place, and he is qualified. He is the only one that is qualified to take my spot or our spot. It's because he is the Son of God, right? Not only that, he was there from the very beginning. He saw the originations of the bad news of what really happened. He knew what happened. He's qualified to take my spot because he satisfied all the Old Testament law in terms of he lived as a man, but he was not, not born by a man. So he does not have the DNA of sin within him. He lived a perfect life. He's qualified to take my spot because he's the only one that can replace me. And also because, did I say this? He is the son of God. He's the only one that can qualify. So as soon as he takes my spot, we know that I'm going to win. And I can stop bragging. I can stop talking it up. I know that I'm going to win the price, the price of life or death. That price is, when I was preparing this, even using the term of prize doesn't do it justice in terms of what is this prize that we're winning in when we're racing for life or death. Which is essentially, that's what it is. Life, as in eternal life. Death, as in eternal death. That's 
winning and losing. As I said, what is this price? As I said earlier, we have no chance of winning if we try to do it on our own, if we try to do it ourselves. However, if we accept Jesus to take our spot, we're guaranteed to win, so it's completely flipped. We have 100% chance of winning. It's a guaranteed prize. No doubt, 100% chance of winning, just as we're going to end this in half an hour. That's how sure and certain it is. Just think of it like this. I'm, I'm going to use another illustration. So someone told, if someone comes to you and tells you, hey, if you buy the lottery ticket, you are guaranteed to win. Would you say, no, I don't really want it. Like $50 million waiting for you, you just go and buy the ticket. You're guaranteed to win. If that is the truth, would you just not go and do it? I'm trying to, trying to use the example if knowing that we're in this race, if someone came along and like, hey, I'm going to take your spot and you will win. That's what it is. But we just need to accept it. Accept his offer. And I try to use that illustration to help us understand the magnitude of how we can't win on our own. But when we accept Jesus' help, we're guaranteed to win. What is the prize that we're winning? Firstly, eternal life, as I said. Eternal life. Eternal life. Just to be with the ones that we love. Forever. Not just for five years or ten years. Some people try to make things like, oh, I got five years with so-and-so and it's the best five years of my life. Just think forever. We get forever with that person. Isn't that so much better? That's what eternal life means. The prize, what is that? It's being in Christ. We get to be again in the presence of God, our Father, the one who makes us, the one that our heart yearns for, the one that we always feel the emptiness when we're not around him. That, and that's why some people try to fill it with so many things, uh, things in terms of um, Excitement, you know, trying to find a rush or trying to buy things or trying to fill it with uh, our worth in, in, in our, our job and how much money we make and what kind of car we drive. But we get to be in the presence of God. That is what, it's a complete fulfillment for us. We're cloaking his righteousness. I know there's a whole sermon on that, but we can be in his presence because it's no longer us. We're no longer a wretched person anymore. We've been given the Holy Spirit that comes with the price. The Holy Spirit. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That means that we've been redeemed. That means we've been, we have been, been given the prize. We, we are the winner. We're no longer wretched. Uh, we're no longer worthless. We're no longer lost. We're no longer blind to the things that God has for us. And when we've been given the Holy Spirit, we get the fruit that comes with the Holy Spirit. Rest, peace, and joy. We can draw the fruit from the Holy Spirit. We talk about love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Because if we don't have the Holy Spirit, if we don't win, if we try to go on this race on our own, we're going to get the fruit of our own doing. We use the term the flesh. And let's see what is the fruit of that. Sexual immorality. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. We may be able to overcome some of these things on our own, 
but we will never be able to overcome all of these things on our own. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. No amount of self-help gurus or counselings or self-help books will allow us to overcome all of these things. We may think that we can overcome the sexual immorality, but what about jealousy, fits of rage? We may think we can overcome the fits of rage, but what about selfish, selfishness, selfish ambition? They will come through and only through the Holy Spirit we can overcome these struggles, the things that will come through our DNA of sin. And what do we get with the price? We can look to the future with hope, knowing that if I die today, there is a hope for me. There is a hope for me. And there is something more than just dust. There's something more to my life. There's something more after that. And we don't have to worry about our past because we can look to the future. One of the things that uh, R.T. Kendall, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, one of the things that he used to say that, that resonate with me so much is, is um, well, let me backtrack that for a little bit. So we talk about looking to the future and our past. The devil always trying to remind us of our past to keep us back. When we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell us to look forward to the future. So, when we have the Holy Spirit, it will help us to know that our past does not define us. And the statement that R.T. Kendall has always told me is, uh, the statement that R.T. Kendall said that really resonate, resonate with me is, when the devil reminds us of our past, which is all the time, all the time, when the devil reminds us of our past, remind him of his future. Because we all know his future. He's going to die eternal death because this race, he's going to lose, period. So that goes along with our hope. It's in our future. That's what we have. We have a hope. We know that we are winning. We will win. And part of the prize is we be part of God's family. That's what God's adding us together. We're learning from our different strengths and our different gifting. And we learn about the things that we don't have, stretching in our capacity in a place that is full of love and patience and kindness. And learn to exercise the gifting that God has given to someone else. For example, Marie will have a gifting that I don't have, but because we're part of God's family, I can draw from her. And vice versa, from other people. That's what we is, to be part of God's family. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. We truly believe in these gifts. And we want to see this gift flourish and operating fully in this church, in all the churches. We will get these things. We haven't seen it yet. But I'm still trusting every day for us to see miracles to see incredible healing that doctor can't explain, to see prophecy where people speaking the future, speak, speaking things of God, supernatural wisdom, speaking in tongues. We want to see that flourish. We want to see interpretation of tongues. It sounds scary and crazy. Believe me, it does. As a, I will be honest and say this. I haven't spoken in tongues, but I'm trusting for that because I see that in Scripture, and you have to believe it. I know Vanessa has. I know other people has. But just because I haven't doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And because we trust in the word of God, I want to see it happen. And then what, what else comes with the prize? A spiritual life, our eternal life. Our spiritual life will be resuscitated. Is that the right term? Revive, awaken. 
because we were dead. That DNA of sin caused death to our spiritual life, to our spirit man, if there's a term, but spirit woman. We will be revived. And our physical life will be awakened once Jesus comes back. So our spirit life will come back alive again. We can sense things. We can see things in the supernatural eyes, in a supernatural sense, and knows where there's danger, there's people are trying to help, and, and things that God is speaking to us. I can go on and on about what comes with the prize, but I'll end with this. We'll be victorious in Christ because Jesus won. So all we have to do is when we accept Jesus to take our spot, the next thing we do is we're on the podium. Well, at least I'm on the podium. You guys may think of uh, some other place, but I feel like I'm on the podium holding up the prize. I've just won. Because we know this is life or death. There's no second place or third place. You win or you lose. And as we accept Jesus, we are victorious in Christ. And we just walk up and be declared the victor that we've won. We have eternal life. It's the same thing. We need to claim it. Just as God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 8, I will give this land. It's already been given. Abraham just needs to walk into it and receive it. The same thing with us. The price is there waiting for us. We just need to accept Jesus. And then we can receive that, that prize. Eternal life. It's, I, I know I talked about this a lot. I just, I just feel like I don't think it's fully... You can never stop talking about what eternal life means. You know, one of the examples that I use is that as I was preparing for this, it's like, you know, eternal life. It means so much that I don't think we can fully grasp it because we only have so many years here and everything is very temporary. Everything is about here and now. You know, what have you done for me lately? Eternal life. It's, it's like I get, as I was saying earlier, an example. If I leave this place and something happened to me, God forbid, I know that in the blink of an eye, I will be reunited with the people that I love right away. I know that if something happened to me in the blink of an eye, it may be 50 years or 100 years, but to me, it'll be in the blink of an eye because I have eternal life. I'll be reunited again, whether it's with Vanessa, with my kids, with my friends, to those that I love, to all of you guys. In the blink of an eye, Whereas, if I don't have eternal life, if something happens, it's over. So that's, that's what I just felt like. It's so much more than just saying eternal life to live forever. There's so much more to it. That's how important it is. That's the good news. See, I even feel like the good news is not even properly explained. The good news, oh, I found my keys. No, no, no. This is the bestest, best news ever in the history of mankind. Good news doesn't do it justice. You know, it's good news. Oh, good news, I get promoted. Oh, good news, I found my keys. No, no, this is the bestest news ever. And I wanted to use the illustration of the race, uh, a race again, the 100 meter race between myself and Usain Bolt, uh, just to help us understand the impossibility of the situation that we all face, every single one of us. It's the same for us, whether for me, for Marie, or for my kids, or for a newborn. It's the situation that we all face. An illustration is not, to, it's not meant to make light of the situation. You know, I, it's kind of funny, but it's not. Because it's meant to express the dire situation that we're in. And this situation is not only for us, 
but it's also for everyone, our friends, our families, those who don't know Jesus. It's a dire situation. It is incredible how important that is. The devil, the one who tricked us, the one who got, uh, got us into this impossible mess in the first place, does not want us to know this. He wants us to be blind to the situation or think about the consequences of the current situation we're in. He doesn't want us to know about the incredible things awaiting us, like the prize, the things I was listing, some of the things I was listing for us, the prize at the end of the race, the prize that we get when we accept Jesus. He's trying to trick us again, again. He's trying to trick us again in not thinking about the lifestyle that, that was meant for us. He's trying to trick us again. He's taken us, he's taken it away from us once. He's trying to do it again, not only to us, but to those that we love. Things have been given to us. He doesn't want us to have any knowledge of those things or claim them. He wants us to be lost and be distracted by the temporary things. Like I was talking about earlier, jobs, bills, mortgages, um, you know, uh, keeping up with the neighbors, you know, how um, peer pressure and what have you. He does not, he wants us to be distracted by those things. He does not want us to think about eternal life, as I was trying to say. That's how important that is, eternal life. It's so much more than just saying forever. He definitely does not want us to know about Jesus. He definitely does not want us to acknowledge of Jesus desiring to take our spot, of, DJ, of Jesus wanting to take our spot in that race of life or death. The devil does not want us to know we can easily receive this amazing gift. Just very easily. There's no training necessary. That's how easy it is. Is there anything easier? No training necessary. And we need to realize that incredible gift of Jesus, who Jesus is and what he is offering to us and receive what was meant for us. And that's why we sing. That's why we always want to sing passionately to him, unashamedly. So then we, because once we fully understand this prize, the gift that we can get through him, we're going to want to sing all the time. Scream at the top of our lungs and realize it's eternal life forever. So don't be deceived by the devil. Don't worry about what other people think because once we focus on the prize, focus on the eternal life that we've been given through Jesus, we're not going to be ashamed of who we are and what we have. Live in the fullness of the prize that was given to us. Live in the fullness of salvation. Live in the fullness of the eternal life that's been given through Jesus Christ. And explain to others about the amazing grace of our magnificent God. Help others see the price. If you know Jesus and you have the price, help others see it. Explain to them. Apply that situation to each and every one of us. Apply that to the lives of our families, of our friends, of those that we love, of our best friends, of our co-workers. Some people will refuse to see it or still unable to see it. But we want our loved one to know of the price that is easily available 
tell them of the incredible prize, uh, prize awaiting them. I use the term prize, but there's so much more than that. You know, the prize that has been guaranteed for them through Jesus Christ. Just like I said, it's been guaranteed. It's, it's like you know that they're going to win the lottery if they buy the ticket. Would you not tell them to go buy the ticket? I mean, come on. Seriously? <laughs> well, I would. Uh, share with others. Tell them about the guarantee winning lottery ticket. You know, Jesus wants to deliver all of us, not just some. He wants to deliver all of us. He wants to take all of our spots in that race. We know that from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, from our situation and bring us the amazing gift of salvation. As I was saying earlier, the race that we're in, um, I was using the example of myself and Usain Bolt because I was trying to explain the dire situations. There's no gray area. It's winning or losing. There's no second place trophy, third place trophy, seventh place trophy, 15th place trophy. There's no, oh, I was close. I lost by one second. There's no such thing. Either you win or you lose. You win, it's eternal life. You lose, eternal death. That's the dire situation that we're in. I think sometimes we forget of what it means because there's no gray area. It's, it is serious. It's not something that we can ignore if we feel uncomfortable talking with people. If we feel uncomfortable talking with our families or our friends or our neighbors. Because knowing what we know now, that either you live or you die, will we not tell them of the amazing gift, of the amazing grace that they have? That it doesn't matter whether they haven't started the race, in the middle of the race, or at the end of the race. They're going to lose without Jesus. So even if they're about to cross the finish line and we tell them about Jesus, they will still win. That's how amazing it is. That's why it is an amazing grace because God is so good. But we also need to understand the dire situation that all of us are in. It is serious. We joke around in terms of what it is, but it is a very serious, serious situation how to ask Jesus to take our spot. Using the illustration of the 100-meter race, we acknowledge. All we have to do is acknowledge the DNA of sin within us since the beginning of time. Just acknowledge it. You know, accept that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Understand that he is God. Accept that he died for us. He fulfilled the requirement that was required by God. He fulfilled all the Old Testament law to perfection all the time, both by the letter, and both in spirit. And allow Jesus to take our spot. Allow Jesus to be our God and our Savior in our heart and in our lives. And if you already know Jesus, go and share those things with those that we love. If you have accepted Jesus into our heart, that's all we have to do, just accept with our heart and declare with our mouth. That's all we have to do. Like I said, there's no training. No training necessary. And if we have Jesus, go share with those that we love, those God has put in our lives. Share with them about the incredible gift, the amazing gift. It's the amazing grace of our mighty God that is available to every one of us. It's too precious not to tell people, right? We talked about how amazing gift that we have. It's too precious not to tell people. Like I was saying, well, you got a chance of winning the lottery and completely change your life. Don't you want to tell them to go win, go buy the ticket? Right? Yes. 
because we just, uh, I don't like him. I don't want him to win that prize, so I'm not going to tell him. That's not okay, right? I mean, maybe, I, I think it's not okay. It's too magnificent to keep hidden of this amazing gift that's been available to us to keep hidden from others. It is too glorious to not be proclaimed and spoken of. And that is what Christmas is all about. That is what Christmas is all about. It is to celebrate the amazing grace of our God, Jesus Christ. It is not about Santa Claus. It's not about the uh, nativity scene. You know how it's so cute and pretty. It's not about that. It's not about baby Jesus. It's about the incredible, amazing gift of salvation. The amazing prize of eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Life or death. That is what Christmas is all about. The amazing grace of who God is. So that's why I was going back to the, the line from the song, Amazing Grace. So now that we understand fully of what is at stake and how we on our own in the flesh can never ever do anything about it, we will understand that we're wretched. Just knowing that there's nothing we can do if we're gonna, if, if we try to train, we're still gonna die, but someone will come along and save us. Sense of gratitude, that's what it is, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Now we see. We see the amazing gift that is waiting for us. We see the prize. Now we were lost, but now we see. Because, and then we realize that we've been saved by the amazing grace. And our desire of restoration is for everyone. I know you guys know this. It's for everyone to be able to say that. The amazing grace. Our desire is for everyone to acknowledge the amazing grace of our God all the time, not just Christmas, all the time. And for Jesus to be glorified everywhere, everywhere, all the time. It sounds so big, but our God is big. It sounds impossible, right? But it's impossible for us to beat, for me to beat Usain Bolt. But it can happen in Jesus and through Jesus. We don't need to do it on our own trust in Jesus, and he will take us there. 